everybody doing tonight on this Christmas Eve? I trust that uh, most all of you have probably got your Christmas shopping done. If you haven't, well, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, here in the Pacific Northwest, we got uh, a surprise little snowstorm a couple of days ago. Uh, it had just poured down tremendously throughout the day. There was flooding everywhere. Uh, I was out with a buddy of mine for most of the afternoon into the evening, and uh, my wife texted me and said, um, you should probably come home because it's snowing here. And uh, I think we ended up getting a couple of inches. It wasn't, wasn't too terrible, but up here in the Puget Sound, when it snows at all, it tends to shut everything down <laughs> but it snowed during the evening commute so so tra so it wasn't that terrible it wasn't like uh a few years ago when we had what's called snowmageddon where we got like a foot of snow but uh snow is beautiful and uh watching it fall and it's just it's just such a cool thing it's one of those miracles of nature that uh never ceases to amaze me so uh thanks for tuning in tonight uh, thanks for watching this. Uh, my name is Heath Brady. The show is called Real Talk. And uh, normally we're here on Sunday nights at 7 o'clock in the evening Pacific time. And I thought that it would be kind of special uh, if we did something a little unique, something a little different on Christmas Eve. So welcome to this Christmas Eve episode of Real Talk with Heath Brady. The show where we ask the hard questions and talk about the tough stuff. You know, the things that maybe some Christians are too afraid to talk about or scared to ask about. Tonight we're going to try and fill in the blank to this statement. Christmas is. So let me start off first and foremost by saying Merry Christmas. We say Merry Christmas in this household and in this family because it is Christmas after all. It is a very special time of year, especially for Christians. It's the time of year where we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, there's some interesting verses in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, that says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. It's interesting to me that at the time of Christ's birth, a time when everyone had been waiting for so long for their Messiah, who was actually looking for him? Well, whether or not you know the story of the Nativity, there were some shepherds nearby when Jesus was born. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 15, after these angels had shown up to the shepherds and announced that the Savior had been born, the shepherds immediately went looking for the newborn king. So it's safe to say that the shepherds were looking for the Messiah. And as I mentioned in those verses in Matthew chapter 2, the Magi saw this star, this thing, this anomaly in the heavens. And it impacted them so much that they took off on this very, very 
long journey to find and worship the Messiah who had been born. So I think it's safe to say that the Magi were looking for the Messiah. But who else was looking for him? I would argue, especially because Scripture kind of tells us this, that nobody else was looking for the Messiah. And this might actually be part of the reason, not the main reason, but it might be part of the reason why everyone in all of Jerusalem was troubled, why they were full of anxiety and worry when they heard that the King of the Jews had actually been born. You may or may not know this, but at the close of the Old Testament in the Bible, between the close of the Old Testament and the birth of Jesus Christ, there are several centuries of time that have gone by where the nation of Israel has been anticipating and longing for their Messiah, their King, to show up. And now, here it has finally happened. And, it, and I would argue that nobody was actually looking for him. And so, as I was thinking about this, it, it reminded me of some things from my childhood. So, I, I want everybody to kind of get in their time machine with me and take a trip back to 1984. It was a very special year. I was in the seventh grade. Uh, everybody had big hair. Uh, it, it was just an amazing time in the 80s. I miss the 80s. Um, you had all these different genres of music and all these different types of dress and, and everything. It was just so cool. And then this weird thing happened. We had this, uh, they called it the second British invasion of music that came across the pond from most of Europe, mostly England, and kind of bombarded us with some really terrible music. Some of it was good. I liked a lot of it. But... Uh, there was one band in particular. See, in the neighborhood I grew up in, uh, down in the Seattle area, there was this church that was a couple of blocks away, and every Friday night they had this outreach to middle school and high school kids in the neighborhood, and the name of the outreach was called The Rock. And one, one year at Christmas, this, this Christmas of 1984, there was this Christian punk band that came and did a concert. For, yes, I said a Christian punk band. As crazy as that sounds, this band was really, really good. But I can almost bet that most, if not none, most all, if not every single one of you has no recollection of a band by the name of Crystal City Rockers. Some of you might have heard of them. Some of my viewers, some of my Facebook friends, you, you probably know who I'm talking about. Uh, we kind of had the inside scoop because I did end up going to that youth group and I'll just leave it there at that. But this was a Christian punk band, and I'm telling you right now, they were really, really good. And if they would have come out 10 years later, these people would have been famous. They were a little ahead of their time, they were a little edgy, but man, were they good. And I followed them for several years, but, but this first time that I ever heard them, this Christmas time of, of 1984, they had this one particular song called Mr. X. And so I'm going to share some of these lyrics with you real quick. So just remember, this is a Christian punk band from 1984. Here are, the, here are the, some of the lyrics. Bells are ringing in my ears. It's Christmas time. Well, I don't know what you've been told, but all that glitters is not gold. Who's the man on the roof? 
What's that tree doing inside of my house? I don't know what you think about Jesus Christ, but crossing out his name, that wasn't nice. What about Mr. X? And it's kind of cute, it's kind of clumsy, but it drives the real solid point home that the world was, and still is to this day, doing everything it possibly can to remove Christ from Christmas. And his name, his title of Christ is in the very holiday that we celebrate. And today, there still are so few who are looking for the Savior. Everyone is looking for something or someone to bring them peace and joy and contentment, but so very few are actually looking for the one who will save them. It reminded me of a couple of verses in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, that says, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. But the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. You see, the way of life is narrow. Few will find it, because few are looking for it. And just like in the time of Christ's birth, today, everyone is looking for something. Something to build us up. Something to make ourselves feel better. Something to feel, something to fill this incredible void that we all have in our lives. And our culture has come up with so many, so many different ways to label what could be the matter with us. And so we're all looking for something to fix us. And the truth is, the sad truth is, the real truth is that we don't need fixing. We need saving. We need to be saved from the curse that sin has placed upon all of us. We need to be saved from the redundant attempts to better ourselves. We need to be saved from all of the failed attempts at being better human beings. And ultimately, we need to be saved from an eternity apart from God. And that is why Christmas is so beautiful, because we get to celebrate the birth of our Savior. But think about the context of Christ's birth, especially if the announcement and the scenario were up to us. Let's think about that for a second. If we had decided how to herald the birth of the Messiah, we probably would have had this huge extravagant party. Maybe even disobeyed COVID restrictions. <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. We would have had the most elaborate Christmas decorations. We would have had the finest meal prepared. We would have even probably had some or all of it catered. We would have hired the best DJ in the world playing the best music, which is smooth jazz, by the way. Probably even had a karaoke machine. And the great and grand reveal would have been quite the spectacle. But God had something else in mind. 
He chose to have a small, intimate gathering in a stable of all places. There was Joseph, a traditional and obedient man, like we talked on Sunday night. There was Mary, the humble servant of God. And these two would be the ones to usher in the Messiah into our world. The audience, some animals, some stinky, smelly animals, and a few shepherds. The atmosphere, for the most part, quiet, calm, and inconspicuous. So much so that after everything was completed, Mary was able to quietly ponder in her heart everything that had just happened. But isn't that the way that God seems to work best in the hearts of humankind? When it's quiet and when it's calm? Because we can hear him. And when we shut out all of the distractions, when we realize what we actually need, which is what all of those distractions are not, we can hear and feel what God is doing in our lives. That song that was playing during the intro, it's called uh, Winter Snow. And some of the words in there just are so inspiring because you know what? Jesus could have come like a mighty storm. He could have come like a tidal wave. He could have come like a roaring flood. He could have come like a forest fire. Because he is God, after all. And he could have done whatever he wanted to do. And yet, he chose to come in the quiet and calm of the night. Just like the winter snow. You ever notice how peaceful it is outside when it's snowing? I love it. I especially love being caught off guard by it. I love it when I'm sitting in my living room and if I don't notice it, my wife or one of my children notices, oh my goodness, it's snowing. And I turn around and you can see the first flakes falling. And it's almost mesmerizing. And you can't help but want to go outside and watch and listen. It's such a unique and amazing experience. You step outside and it's quiet and it's bright and it's beautiful. And even today, if you quiet all the noise and the distractions, you can still hear that message, that gentle touch from heaven on the hurting heart of humanity from so long ago. Just as Jesus came to earth that holy night some 2,000 years ago to bring peace into the lives of humanity, we can also have peace with God today through his gift to us, Jesus Christ. But how we respond to that gift means everything. Maybe tonight you haven't accepted God's free gift of Jesus to you. And maybe tonight, the gospel message makes total and complete sense to you for the very first time. Maybe tonight is your night for salvation. We've all been looking for answers in the midst of the noise and clamor of this world. And at the end of the day, we have found nothing and been left in want of something more. And yet... Here right now, in the quietness and in the stillness, notice. We are all, in one sense, the same. 
We're drawn to the news of the Savior's birth. But what makes us different is our response. It never ceases to amaze me the connection between Christmas and the cross. It's absolutely staggering to me. Because without Christmas, without the birth of Jesus, there is no cross, there is no crucifixion, and there is no salvation. There is no redemption from our sins. But check this out. That precious child who was born in a manger of wood grew up and became a carpenter and made things out of wood and then ultimately would die to bring us salvation on a cross of wood. That precious child would grow up and beca- that precious child would grow up and become God's final atoning sacrifice for the sins of humanity. You see, Christmas means that Jesus came to you. Salvation means that you come to him. The free gift of eternal life began in the manger when Jesus stepped out of eternity, engaged humanity, paid the penalty for our sins so that humanity could receive this free gift and be with him eternally. What is Christmas? Christmas is Christ. Christ is what Christmas is all about. Christmas is the Son of God becoming the Son of Man so that the sons of men might become the sons of God. And that is all I have to say about that. Thank you for joining me on this special Christmas Eve episode of Real Talk with Heath Brady. I hope that tonight's message really was clear that Christmas is all about Jesus Christ and it's for you. It's for you and me to find salvation to that one, through that one who was born in that manger some 2,000 years ago. Thank you once again for joining us. We're here normally every single Sunday night at 7 p.m. Pacific time, so we'll be back here again on a regular schedule on this coming Sunday night, 7 p.m. Pacific time, on another episode of Real Talk.